Welcome to Voices, a national award-winning podcast brought to you by the Seneca Valley School District. This is Jeff Krakoff. Today I'm talking with Kelly McDonald, who is a CERC teacher at Rowan Elementary. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, everyone talks about fake news, misinformation, um, I think it's important, especially dealing with elementary students, to, to have a good basis for both they and their parents. How do you find good sources? So let me just ask you, in today's day of so many sources out there, some legit, some illegitimate, how do you find reliable sources for your students? Well, our, both our teachers and students are very lucky to be a part of the Seneca Valley School District because they offer many incredible resources. So my first piece of advice to my students or my teachers is to always start with our resources here. Most of our databases provide a multitude of websites that have been vetted and deemed to be appropriate and accurate. So I always tell the students that there's no need to reinvent the wheel when an expert has already done that for them. So we have resources such as PebbleGo and ScienceFlix, TrueFlix, Encyclopedia Britannica, and Scholastic Go. And most of those resources always list websites to go along that are safe for the students to go to. Also, all of the resources have a read aloud feature too, so that students can use them regardless of their reading ability, which is very important. Teachers can also add websites like their students to go to, to the Teams page or to Clever, so students can easily access websites that are not available through the Seneca Valley resources. Mm -hmm. All right. So again, lots of resources available to all students and their parents through the, uh, the district. But do you, and if you do, how do you teach students, elementary students, to combat this whole new world of misinformation? Well, I give them some helpful hints to look for. Um, The first one is to look at the source of the website or the source of the information. Is it an expert or a well-known organization like National Geographic or PBS Kids or even NASA? Or is it just Joe Schmo's website? And I apologize if there are any Joe Schmoes out there, but the kids love it when I use that name as my example. And they always ask me, what about Joe Schmo? Um, They also need to look to see if it's been updated recently or is the information old? Yeah. Are there mistakes like misspelled words or even incorrect information? It's also important to note if the website has ads or is selling something because that can definitely prove to be a bias and a red flag for students and teachers and parents alike. Also, uh, it's a good idea to find more than one source of information and then compare them to make sure that you're getting the same facts and to check for inconsistencies. And these are all helpful hints that would be beneficial for even adults or parents that are listening. Yep. So I think even for parents, what's the first step typically? Let's go to Google, right? Let's Mm -hmm. see what we find. How does that make you feel when elementary students are are starting their search there and they get all kinds of stuff? Right. Um, I usually, as I said before, I always start the Mountain Seneca Valley Resources first. And if I have a teacher come to me asking for some ideas for a unit he or she is teaching, um, that's the first place I go to look for resources that are easily available and they can actually find them um, easily 
on our Destiny webpage, which is where we search for library books also. And then they can access that using their school laptop, even at home. Okay. So in this world of ever-changing technology, just, just how much has the library changed due to technology? I could talk for hours on this topic. Um, believe it or not, my first year when I started here, 29 years ago, I believe, in the library, they had just finished putting the books online. Hmm. So I spent the first couple of weeks having the kids sign out cards with their name and their room number um, until we could get them all loaded in the computer. And then we started signing out with the computer. So from not using it all my first couple of weeks um, to now, it is a part of every single thing I do in the library from running the library, like book checkout or adding books to the system. Of course, we have no more card catalog. Everything is online. Mm -hmm. Students can sit at home and see what books we have and see what books are available, which is fantastic. The students can search for books and read ebooks. Um, I use virtual classrooms a lot, um, okay. Seneca Valley databases. Literally, the world is fingertips. As far as teaching goes, um, even my use of technology has changed greatly since the beginning of the pandemic, from live streaming, which happens every day, to using Flipgrid, which is an amazing resource that allows kids to make their own videos and submit them. Mm -hmm. We use Flipgrid jokes for the morning announcements. So the kids can submit a joke and be a part of the morning announcements. And okay. we even have a Flipgrid talent show. Um, the talent one of my favorite things that we do all year. Miss Co, the tech facilitator, and I usually run that. And we were really obviously struggling with the pandemic. How are we going to be able to do this? So the kids can now submit their videos on Flipgrid. Mm -hmm. And the most amazing thing about it is that we can showcase some talents that we could not when the kids were sitting on the floor in the cafeteria. We have kids outside on their trampoline doing all oh, kinds yeah. of things. Um, just we had one student do a drawing um, video and he and his dad actually have a YouTube channel. And so he showed us how they make their videos. And he gave us an example of one of the drawings he does, which we couldn't really easily do here at school right. um, from lesson plans to using Nearpod for self-directed lessons where I can record my own voice reading each slide. Um, I don't teach a single lesson that does not involve some kind of technology. Even it's just my document camera so that my little kindergarten kids in the back of the class can see the book. So technology is literally a part of everything that I do. Right. So it's changed a whole lot over the years. I'm sure it's going to change a whole lot down the road. Absolutely. Um, how about social media? What kind of influence does that have on the library and, and on your role? Well, I will admit in the beginning, I was a little nervous about using social media for school. Um, we do have a Twitter account and we use it to the things that we do in surf. Mm -hmm. Once I did it a couple of times, I felt much more comfortable. It's so great to be able to promote the amazing things that we are doing here. And we also get lots of inspiration from other educators, both within and outside of the district. Mm -hmm. We can stay up to date with educational trends and follow experts in the field and see what they are thinking and doing in real time. So I use Twitter a lot and I really do enjoy sharing the things that we do so that others can see too. Okay. 
So are, are there any things that you think parents and students would be surprised to know about today's library at, at Seneca Valley? Well, it isn't even called a library anymore. And it usually isn't quiet the way it was when they were in school. Right. Um, it's controlled chaos a lot of times when we're working on some kind of a project. Our space and our program are both called CERC, which stands for Creativity and Innovation Research Center. And our space is actually a huge pirate ship, mm. which is the best theme ever. We have so much fun doing pirate theme things. Um, CERC is a combination of technology and library science. And I share the space with our amazing tech facilitator, Bria Ko. Um, I still circulate books, but we also have a maker space. We do engineering challenges and use many types of robotics and electronics equipment, including those and B-Bots and Snap Circuits and Ozbots. Um, it's been a real challenge since the pandemic to figure out how to do these things safely. And it was a lot, there was a lot of brainstorming and a lot of trying something and it didn't work and trying something else. But we figured out some really great ways to still have our program be so meaningful to the kids. Mm -hmm. So when we do maker activities, I'll give the students a list of materials so that they're not rooting through all the boxes. I collect the materials and put them in some kind of a bag or on a styrofoam plate. And then when they come in the next day, their materials are ready for them. I've also developed some units that allow students to have their own materials materials, but to still collaborate as a classroom. And that conversation that we have when we do the maker and STEM challenges is just so amazing. I wish you could hear these little first graders saying, I really like your idea, but I was wondering, because we talked to them a lot about questioning and how right. to ask the right kinds of questions. Totally amazing. Also, when the students were learning from home and they had a maker project, which we still did, they were not allowed to go out and purchase any materials and they would create their project and they would use Flipgrid to make a recording of it. And then at the very end, we could share the videos. And I found that to be a really exciting way to do maker projects too, because they had things at home that I never could have used here at school. Yeah. And they were so creative. Now the parents were freaking out because I think they feel like it's a regular project in school and this is not a regular project. If you try it and you keep trying it and your roller coaster marble does not stay on your roller coaster hill, that's okay. What did you learn from the project? Mm. So I think once parents realized that it was just whatever they had at home and let the kids try to do some problem solving if it didn't work out, I think their minds were eased a lot. And it was so great to see all of the kids amazing on Flipgrid, even though they weren't here at school. Yeah. So I think parents would be shocked if they saw the kinds of things that we do nowadays in CERC. Yeah, I'm always amazed by all the teachers we talk to on this podcast. How many good things have come out of the COVID-19 pandemic from using technology, thinking outside the box and differently. And I'm sure a lot of the things you're talking about, you're going to continue to use technology, maybe in a different way than you would have thought of without the pandemic. So, Oh, absolutely. And now anytime I'm planning something, I think, wow, I might have a student live streaming. Mm -hmm. So how is that going to look like? What is that going to look like at home for them? So how can I plan my lessons so that it's a good lesson for the kids at school and for the kids that are at home also? 
Awesome. Lots of good information. Thanks for joining us again. That was Kelly McDonald, who is a CERC teacher at Rowan Elementary. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. Take care. You too.